Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God, and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Before you be seated, high five or give somebody a hug and say good day to them. If uh, if you're new here today, then you might get a thousand and one hugs and high fives. I hope you're doing really well and thanks for joining us today. Hello to everybody who's online. Thanks for tuning in. Um, it's really important for us to understand as a congregation, we have, it's like it's like churches experiencing something new these days that sort of never happened before. Churches experience something new that where there are a lot of people that gather in the room, but there is a lot of people that gather in other rooms with us. And, um, and sometimes they gather in other rooms at the same time, and then sometimes they gather in other rooms at a different time, right? But uh, as a church, it is just so wonderful to be engaging with people all over the world and uh, all over Victoria. So uh, can we just welcome everybody online? Come on. Thanks so much for joining in today. You're amazing, and we pray that today blesses you. Thank you so, so much. Awesome. All right. So um, a little while ago, I uh, began a message by stating this very big truth that we are not the church that we were. We are not the church that we were. And uh, some of us, you know, uh, you might go, oh, we're not. Oh. <laughs> uh, and uh, some people might be blissfully unaware or some people might, have, might be going, yeah, absolutely. We've, I've just seen God do this and then change that. And I just want to say that God is moving in significant ways. We've had people just recently be, be, get, be set free uh, from a, uh, like a spirit of fear. We've had uh, bodies healed. We've had backs healed, we've had migraines disappear, we've had uh, so many things that God is doing and, and I think too often we can, we, we can just forget what God is doing, right? And we can, can forget how far we've come as individuals and as, as people and as a church collectively. So can we just for one moment just thank God? Can we just thank Him for what He's doing? Come on. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you're doing, Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We applaud you, Lord. We applaud you, Lord. It's not just lip service, Lord. But we thank you and we turn our hearts and our lives towards you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We all said... Amen, amen, and amen. Well, the church has changed, and uh, and it's just so exciting. Um, I, I I would like to sort of step into. I don't often teach, um, and uh, I'm going to do my best today. It's probably not my greatest skill set in terms of teaching. Um, I uh, great at sharing what God has placed upon my heart, um, but uh, today I want to dive into a, a fair bit of scripture, and we're going to cover a fair bit of topic. And if today had a heading, then I would put the heading on it and say that it, that we're breaking barriers. Is that cool? 
So we're going to look at some barriers that we going that uh, kind of you know uh, kind of stand in our way as individuals and people. And and some of this may be new to you. Some of it uh, may be a great refresher and a great reminder. But how many times have I don't know about you, but like so many times I've been through uh, you know I've been through so many things, and it's like being a follower of Christ 101 that I failed in. <laughs> you know, the absolute basic tenets. All right, Jesus Christ is Lord. Ah, oh, I need reminding of that. How many need reminding of that? Right? You know, uh, just the news today, another object has been shot down over Canada or something like that of things, things that are going on in the news. How many know that there's a lot of things going on in the world? I just feel I want to just, can we engage our faith quickly? It's on one condition that you let me share everything else really fast. Is that all right? Let's just engage our faith for one minute because we're not going to break through barriers and we're not going to accept teaching until we have reached a place of faith in our hearts. Is that cool? Uh, I was talking with a, a pastor friend of ours, and um, uh, and um, we're you know considering partnering with a with a few things, but um, but they have wonderful connections with people in Turkey at the moment, and as you know, there there has been a horrendous earthquake in Turkey, and thousands of people, I think close to about twenty thousand people, I think it's it's almost out at the moment. They've discovered have lost their life, um, but um, uh, friends. Uh, Friends of this ministry are over in over in Turkey, and and would you believe it? When the earthquake hit, and it was that night, um, uh, a person who um, is closely linked with a Christian church over there, um, they were asleep in their bedroom. Earthquake hit, hit, their entire house was razed to the ground except for the bedroom that they were in. Isn't that just amazing, right? Praise God, and and I know that I know that we're going to hear a lot of testimonies of people coming out of uh, you know death situations, situations of death that they're going to be survived. But their son, they've got a six-year-old son who was diagnosed in uh, diagnosed with um, uh, Asperger's and autism, uh, and um, and about six years six year old, and you know really was not connecting well uh, within the classroom, was not doing well in the classroom at all. It was quite a di- disturbance, to be honest, to the other students. And uh, the teacher came to the parents and just said, "Look, you know uh, something needs to be done. Uh, your child's not not doing well at all, and uh, we have to consider uh, him not being able to come to school anymore." And so. Um, uh, and the, the child, I don't know if you know, but with those conditions, then those children will often never show their parents any affection whatsoever. No affection whatsoever. And, um, <clears throat> you know, that would be heartbreaking as a parent, wouldn't it? And, uh, <clears throat> and so we, um, uh, they rang in on a video call to uh, um, uh, my pastor friend and um, and said, look, you know, we've we've had this diagnosis, and this is before the earthquake. This is late last year, and uh, we've we've this thing is just look, we're just devastated. We think that this our son has autism and Asperger's, and and uh, and um, Dan is my f- friend. Dan said, well, look, let's just pray about that. And you know, sometimes you can be in that moment of, well, let's just pray for strength and courage. You know what? That, it's like a poor man's healing. Like, I mean, strength and courage is good, but it's like, it's like as Christians, we're called to, no, 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 let's pray for absolute complete health. Yeah, right? Right? Completely. And so, <clears throat> and so 
Um, and so this, uh, so as as uh, Dan was praying and, and he was just saying, Lord, you know, just I just pray strength and courage on this couple and uh, Lord, strengthen their marriage, help them in, you know, push through this and do it, help the professionals. And then he just felt the Holy Spirit say this. And as he was praying, he felt there was an anointing that moved on this prayer that said, the name of Jesus is above the name Asperger's and autism. Right? And he repeated it several times, the name of Jesus. And there was just like faith built across, you know, two part, different parts of the world. And that caused the parents to go into three days of prayer on behalf of their son, believing for a great change, believing for health and healing, and just continuing to proclaim that the name of Jesus is above autism and Asperger's. And do you know what happened? They went off to Istanbul to have some tests done. And the doctor said at the, fir- at the first and said, yes, it is confirmed, it's Asperger's and autism. But I would need you to come back in a week and we're con- going to conduct another test and confirm it. Well, that was in the week that that anointed prayer took place, right? They took their son back and the doctor said, I don't know what I was talking about. There is absolutely no sign of anything. There is no sign of asparagus or autism or anything that's having place. And you know what is even better? This son can't stop holding his parents, holding them close and showing them affection, telling them that they're loving, that, that he loves them so much. And the teacher in the classroom can't believe it. What have you done with him? What's happened? He's excelling and learning at a rate greater than all the other students combined. Isn't this amazing, right? Amazing, amazing. And so I think as we start to break down and break through barriers, we have to understand that the key ingredient for us is faith and belief, faith and belief. Because I think doubt and we, we, we forget the basic tenets, the basic thing. You know, it's so basic the name of Jesus is above every other name, isn't it? Yeah. It's so basic and it just rolls off the tongue. But man, when we start to believe it, man, the name of Jesus is above every earthquake. The name of Jesus is above every government. The name of Jesus, the Bible says that the government rests on Jesus' shoulders, on his shoulders. Hello? He's carrying the world. He's strong enough. He's big enough. And he's big enough to invade your space and change your circumstances. Amen? Come on. So there is a change and there is a shift taking place. And uh, this is a message, again, for those who feel like they are change agents, those that feel lost or those that feel hungry or even those that feel full. The truth is this, is that we need more of God. The church is shifting, the church is changing. And and do you know what it is? It's not just a a Sunday morning that's changing. It's you, you're growing. You know, God said he is faithful to complete the work that he's begun in you. Amen. He's faithful to complete the work that he's begun in you. He is faithful to complete the work that he has begun in you. (coughs) Amen? So you and I are not called together to just be admirers of God. We're not called to just look back and say, yeah, go Jesus, this is awesome. You see, um, we're friends of God, the Bible describes us. Jesus describes that, that that he is closer to us than a brother. Man, that, that, I don't know what that says to you, but I know that what Jesus means is that he longs to walk closely with you through every single moment of every day. We are called to be in the thick of it. Hello? We are called to get our hands dirty, to make a change, make a difference, all right? To, to step into that place of where there is great kingdom advancement. We are called to be in a living and breathing relationship with Yahweh. 
It's important to understand that, you know, Jesus is my friend. Yes, he is your friend. But we are also called to be in right relationship through the cross of Jesus Christ, through the death and the resurrection with Yahweh God. Father God. We were not made for a one direction relationship with a distant God. We are made to have a living relationship with Jesus that is real and personal. If you believe that Jesus longs for his church to be a place where a few songs are sung, a few scriptures are read, and a few coffees drunk, then church becomes a place and our lives become evidence of a people without the presence of God. Friends, we are called to so much more. We are called to so much more than singing great tunes, than hearing scripture read. We are called into an interaction and encounter with and through the Holy Spirit. As your life changes and grows, you grow in encounters with him. And that's the truth. It starts from a place of hunger. I'm hungry right now. In the natural, I'm hungry right now. Anybody else hungry? Yeah, you skip breakfast or you didn't quite have enough or maybe you're trying to lessen the intake a little bit. I don't know what it might be. But in the natural, to be in a constant state of hunger is, of course, simply unhealthy, isn't it? Hello? Eventually, the, eventually, if you go long, a long, long time, eventually the hunger lessens and your body finds alternative fuel sources. It starts to break down proteins, you know, it start to, starts to break down and use the, the, the fat in storage. It starts, and then eventually what it does do, it starts to break down proteins in your muscles. And it starts to take proteins from your collagen, from collagen producing, you know, nails and hair and all those sorts of things. And it starts to draw on those fuel sources to keep your vital organs going. Eventually, we become starved and emaciated as as our body begins to deplete in its resources. Spiritually we can become the same if we don't plug in to the life source. Sometimes spiritually it can be a little bit here, a little bit there. We might go a couple of weeks without opening our Bible or we might go, you know, we, we, you know, we might turn our thoughts towards the Lord on a Sunday. And it's just enough to keep our faith alive. It's just enough to say, yes, Jesus, I know you. It's just enough. But I found this. Confessions of Matt Wyatt. You ready? In the natural, the more I eat, the hungry I get. Anybody relate to that, right? Like Christmas time, I am starving after Christmas. Although the stomach's expanded a bit, the body's going, yeah, bring on that ham, right? No, am I the only one here, right? I need an amen, you know, uh, yeah. Like, oh, the more I eat, the more I want, right? Okay, you know, straight after you eat, you go, I'm never going to eat again. You wake up the next morning, ah, put it in there, right? The same thing happens in the spirit. The same thing happens. The more we encounter God, the more we hear stories of people with Asperger's and autism being completely healed, the more we hear of his word, the hungrier we get for more of him. 
It's like, it's like, you know, it's like people who go away to a missions trip and they see God do amazing things overseas or, or they go to a conference, right? And, and they're going, ah, oh, they've sat down at that great spiritual banquet and they've shoveled it. Oh, I'm not saying maybe they've nicely eaten to their full, right? Whatever it is, whatever your choice is, right? And, 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 you know, they come out and like for the first three days afterwards, God, I'm not a world changer. Yes, God, oh, you're so good. And then four days later, it's, yeah. That conference God was really special. Is it the same God? Two weeks later, two years later. Yes, of course he is. What happens is, our appetite, our engagement changes. We start to, I don't know, it, vision leaks, right? And we always need not just a top up, but we always need more. I believe that God has given you a greater capacity for more of him than you can ever think, hope or imagine. That's what I believe. The more encounters with God that I experience, even of God hearing, of, of God wonderful things, the hungrier I get, this drives me to one particular place. And the place is this. I must be in prayer. I must be in constant communication with him. Hello? Yeah? So before we get to prayer, I believe that there are barriers that stand in the way. Open your Bibles to Luke Chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Let me know when you get there. Found it? Epic. Verse 16. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. It says this. So this is uh, Jesus. He's been doing some pretty amazing things around Capernaum and uh, he's been travelling a bit and, and uh, you know, he sent the disciples out and, you know, they're doing amazing things and, you know, there's Gentiles and Jews being saved and set free. There is the religious funny-duddies who want to put a stop to him and, and uh, think that he's been blasphemous and, and he gets to this point where he goes, I'm going to go visit the old family down at back at Nazareth and, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to hang out there for a while and, uh, and I'm going to see something dramatic take place. And it says this. So he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. He said this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. If you want to know what Jesus' call values, that were pretty much it. That was his vision, mission statement, completely. And I love it, in such style. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were with him in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. 
So all bore witness to him and marvelled at the gracious works that proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? And he said to them, you will surely say this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Then he said, assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you, truly many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout all the land. But to none of them was Elijah sent, except Zarephath in the region of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, except Naaman the Syrian. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. Some Bibles say anger. There is an emotional, angry response, and they started to act that out. And rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill of which, of which the city was built. And they might throw him down over the cliff. And then in true Jesus' awesomeness, superhero awesomeness, it says, then passing through the midst of them, he went his way. I love it. They wanted to kill him. Why? Why? Because he was pointing out that these people, in one second, they went from marvelling at the authority of which he taught. They were part and they were in place to witness a momentous, historical, prophetic word fulfilled since the prophet Isaiah. Hundreds of years. And yet they lost sight of what God was doing because they saw Jesus as the carpenter's son. And they could not accept that he was Messiah. They could not accept. Friends, the number one barrier in your relationship with the Lord is becoming too familiar, too laissez-faire, too familiar here at church on a Sunday, too familiar when you, when you come and pray with the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that it's like whenever you pray, you need to fast for 46 days and, 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 uh, and you know, dress in the, the, the gown of glory and, and go into that secret uh, bit of carpet in your bedroom that that's the anointed bit. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that our heart's direction towards the Lord is awe and reverence and it is never to be taken lightly because in it lies the very power and presence of the Holy One of God. And without Jesus, we would not have that opportunity to press in, to step into that presence, to step into that encounter with him. You know, sometimes we can come to church and, and it's so familiar or we can come into a time of prayer and it's so familiar or the, or, or, or the music or, or, or whatever it might be. A prayer timer. We can come into it opening the word and we can just read it casually and yet understand the full weight of what God is wanting to do. And he's wanting you to, to create this ark because you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You are a temple of God of which he longs to work in and through you. Amen? Sometimes when we come to church and we relatively do the same thing, it can become far too familiar. 
Should I say, we can become far too casual. Communion, even the word says, don't take it lightly. Don't take it in vain. Hello? In worship, when we come and we lift our hands in worship, we're not just doing it because, because the worship leader has invited you to do so. The Bible says that we lift up holy hands because Jesus, the, Yahweh said, be holy as I am holy. Wow. 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 And sometimes we've just got to lay those, those emotions aside or our thoughts aside for, oh, you know, here we go again. It's, it's this or it's that. And we say, no, right now we're stepping into a moment of a fresh and new encounter with God. I wonder what he's going to do. I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder what's going to happen if I, if I get a little louder in worship. I wonder what's going to happen if I, if I raise my hands. I wonder what's going to happen if I just move a little bit during worship. I wonder what's going to happen if I kneel in worship or kneel in prayer and, and, and just cry out to him saying, Jesus, come. I wonder what he's going to do. Let's not ever approach God and be too familiar. Set your expectancy high and your grateful thanks even higher. God is here to answer and break through all of these areas. The goal is his glory. His glory is your complete and total health and life in every facet of who you are. It may take an entire lifetime, but maybe, maybe God might speed the process up and take you through moments in large chunks. The point is, is that you are made whole, you are complete. He accepts you just the way you are. He loves you just the way you are. And he longs to finish the work that he began. You are a new creation. You are a new creation. Through the name of Jesus, you are a new creation. So what are some areas that we need to break through in? Are you ready? Some of these areas are in our mind, our will, our emotions. Some of these areas are within our human spirit, our spirit ourselves, right? Uh, sometimes we need to break through in the aspect of fear or, or when I say anxiousness, um, you know, fear and anxiety is a, is a strong emotion and it's a very thing that we feel, right? Sometimes it motivates us into a place of prayer. Hello? Right? And so, <clears throat> so um, but we're not subject to a spirit of fear. <laughs> Hello? Sometimes we need to grow in our understanding. Sometimes we need to grow in our lack of knowledge. The Bible says for the, for the lack of vision or the lack of knowledge, people perish, right? If you tried to cross the uh, highway blindfolded and say that you didn't know that that wasn't a good idea, then, you know, we'll, if you survive it, we'll let you know in hospital, Right? Some people do stupid things, right? <laughs> Present company. Yeah, oh, what? Included. Oh, my gosh. 
I did not say that. That was somebody else. Cut that from the tape. All right. <clears throat> Some of us need to not grow in our unbelief, but deal with our unbelief. Right? And some of us need to grow in our faith. In our faith. And listen, listen, listen. I want to say two things. Firstly, yes, it might require work on our part. Hello? You know, if you keep on eating Twinkies, God doesn't miraculously turn them into carrots. I know, right? Some of us, I'm not talking about weight. I'm not, I'm not talking about food. I'm talking about some of us just need to put the work in. Like, make yourself available for prayer, right? Hello? That's one, <laughs> that's one thing. The second thing is God can do it in an instant. All right? And I, I, look, I know, I know, we all want instant, right? Come on. Yes, thank you very much. And guess what? I think what happens is the instant happens when we put in the work. So, are you ready for the areas? This is a fast overview. This is going to be the fastest breaking barriers message you've ever heard. You ready? Are you ready? Here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 6.19 says this. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Some of us need to break through the barrier of our body. Right? We have to discipline. Paul says, I discipline my body. All right? I need to discipline my body. And if I need to, I know then I reckon you must as well. Is that cool? It says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. This is in relation to sexual immorality, but the principle is the same. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual sin, um, sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? As soon as we said yes to Jesus, I'm sorry if somebody didn't tell you this already, but when you say yes to Jesus, you are no longer your own. You are now his. You carry responsibility, but, but you are now no longer your own. Now, the benefit of that is you get eternal life. Hashtag just saying, right? All right? So, for you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Hello? Man, when we worship, we're glorifying God with our body, right? Oh, I almost got to be preachy. I cannot believe these days that there are leaders of churches that don't believe in dancing. It blows my mind. Blows my mind. In worship to the Lord. What do you think David did? And like it was full on, yeah? Right. <clears throat> Do you know that, just as a side interest, we, uh, the church that we, we are is in Templestowe, right? Isn't it interesting? Temple, Stowe, and Stowe is like putting something away for later. Or it's a, it's Stowe is also known as a house, some definition. Yeah, I'm just putting it out there, that's all. <laughs> you know, an angel didn't appear to me with that information. I, I looked it up, right? But the point is this, we're a temple of the Holy Spirit, therefore we are carriers of his presence. If we're carriers of his presence, then we are powerful beyond measure. Hello? All right. In the area, that's that's our body, right? I told you it was going to be fast. In the area of our soul, the Bible describes that we are a three-part being. We are body, soul, and spirit. I like to put it this way. We are spirit, soul, and body. 
part of the soul is our mind and our will and our emotions, right? And so the part of our soul, often when we get saved, so many of us go, I know what I need to do differently, but I just can't seem to be able to do it. And often what happens there is that there is habitual areas of our will, habitual areas of our thinking, habitual areas of, of, our, of our emotions that need to come in line with what the Word of God says. And of course, it's hard for it to come in line if you don't know what it says. Amen? So, in the area of the soul, often we find um, areas of where uh, um, we battle spiritually, right? So what I'm talking about here is influences of the, demon of the demonic. You see, when you, are, uh, you, when you are not in Christ as a new creation, you are, the Bible says, but the Bible describes people who are not in Christ as the sons of disobedience. In other words, their father is the devil. Now, I'm not saying the devil gave birth to people who don't yet know Christ. What I'm saying is here is that, is that they are influenced by the spirit of this world. Okay? And so if you have friends that think very differently to the word of God... Don't think, don't look down on them or anything like that. What, what's happening is that they are being influenced by the thing uh, that is in control of the world, right? But you see, when you start to pray for them, what happens then is that atmosphere around their life begins to change and they begin to see truth and they begin to see life. But where we can be, where we can be influenced by the demonic is in the area of our soul in the area of our mind, <coughs> our will and emotions. You see, even Satan came to Jesus, remember? <coughs> Doesn't mean Jesus was possessed. It means that Satan began to speak to Jesus in a way that Jesus could hear him. And Jesus was tempted. And Jesus came back at Satan with the word of God every single time. And then eventually he said, get lost, liar. You have no place here. How cool, yeah? So turn to Acts chapter 16, verse 16. If you haven't got it, it's going to be up on the screen. As believers, we have authority over the demonic. So if there are influences that you believe that are in your life, through the power of the blood of Jesus, you are set free. Hello? Verse 16, and it came about while we were going to the place of prayer that a certain servant girl, having a soothsaying spirit, met us who was bringing about a large profit to her master's telling fortunes. This one, while closely following, this one, while closely following Paul and us, so Paul and the disciples, was crying out saying, these men are slaves of the Most High God who are proclaiming to you a way of salvation. The demonic was saying truth, Right? except for one thing, gold star, a way of salvation. No, 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 no. Paul was proclaiming the way of salvation, right? And I love Paul and she was doing this for many days. Paul's a very patient man. And Paul having been greatly annoyed, what emotion would he, was he feeling? <laughs> I'm feeling a little irritated about this, boys. This woman is annoying me. And having turned to the spirit, he didn't turn to the woman because he knew there was a great sense of compassion for this woman who was being tormented by this thing, right? 
I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to depart from her. And it went out that very hour. See, friends, this is the reality that whilst we don't go hunting for demons, if we come across one uh, in, our, in our effective living as uh, sons and daughters of the Most High God, we just say, get out. Okay? And it comes from that place of faith and authority and knowing the word. In John chapter 8, verse 44, it says, You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do the father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Recognize the demonic for what it is, a big Fat lie. You believe the liar. You sorry. You believe the lie. You empower the liar. Hello. So if there is evidence in your own heart and in your own life where you go, you know, I've been struggling with this. I've been walking through that. Uh, I would guess. I would guess that there's something sniffing around, trying to lead you up the garden path. You turn to that thing and say, "Get out in Jesus' name." Amen. Amen. So there's pressure from outer demonic influence. We're talking about barriers, remember? We're talking about barriers here, all right? Pressure from outer demonic influence. This can be regional control. There can be curses or even generational influence as well. And we can go into that more another time. I'm not preaching about the demonic. What I'm preaching about and reminding you of is the authority that you have in that area and in that space. In the era of our mind, the Bible says that knowledge puffs up, right? And so often we can can become controlled by the gaining of knowledge and we can value knowledge more than we value the presence of God. I, I need to know more so that I can be more. No, no, no. You need to know him so you can be more. Hello? It's described in one book I was reading as the last frontier of our lives that needs to be crucified. Wow, what a powerful statement. Our mind, all of us needs to be crucified with Jesus. Hello? And our mind as well. We can just like battle thoughts and thoughts and bouncing around and bouncing around until they affect our emotions. And then when they affect our emotions, it it looks like something on the outside and we act out on something, right? The Bible says, be angry, but don't sin in your anger. Jesus got angry. Remember in the temple? He tore that place up. Did he sin? Nope. He fulfilled scripture. Because he said, the zeal of the Lord has consumed me. Hello? So we live in a very Greek lifestyle. If you're Greek, there's there's nothing direct at you. The, The point that I'm making is here is in our learning, we'll often learn a text and then apply it. In a Hebrew way, in a Jewish way, it was learn as you go. So you you come alongside a rabbi or you come alongside a master craftsman and as you watch and as they teach you, it is them that you learn. Okay, so often what we have to do is we have to soak in our education system soaks in the knowledge and then something for us to apply. I think it's far more effective that we we soak in knowledge as we're applying it. Hello. Okay. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I'm going to skip a whole stack of notes and just get straight straight to Scripture. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Have you ever come across something in your life where you go, oh, I just don't know whether it's God's will for my life? I have. 
Several times. Do I have a third coffee, a fourth coffee, another extra piece of uh, vanilla slice? You know, I don't know. No, I'm talking about big issues. I'm talking about big stuff, right? And you see, what happens is that if we renew our mind by learning the Word of God and spending time in His presence and encountering Him, then we know what He's like. And so therefore we know, yeah, I think that's pretty good with God. I think he'd be all for me buying that Ferrari. I think that'd be just fantastic. That'd be nice. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. We demolish arguments. I love this. Everybody say demolish. Arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I read somewhere, uh, it could be fake news, could be real, I don't know, uh, that uh, they want to take the word him out of scripture because God needs to be gender, gender neutral. How silly. How silly. That comes up against the knowledge of God, right? Because he's father. If it's father, son and Holy Spirit, then what do you replace father with? What's Jesus? Is he the son of God or is he a mix? Like... It's wrought with problems, right? So we change our mind and we demolish arguments when we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. What did Jesus say about this issue? What is Jesus saying to you today about this issue, right? Our will, it's our choice. So next thing is our will. Our choice. Um, anybody have a thought that says, yeah, you can't make me? Anybody had that? Yeah? Stand up on your feet right now. No, no. no. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you can't make me. Australia is, Australians are awesome at it. In fact, the whole world is awesome at it. Yeah? Yeah? Awesome at it. Yeah, I know. I know I invent words sometimes, but not that time. <laughs> so our will, it's our choice, right? It's our choice. Sometimes it's, it's like, hey, you know, uh, um, Kelly, how great was the word last Sunday, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. But when somebody says pray more and you go, oh, yeah? Or come to a prayer meeting. Oh, yeah? We had record numbers this morning. Like, it was amazing, right? But oh, yeah, can't make me. Anybody had a four-year-old say that to them? <laughs> no. Right, right from the word go, we are very good at exercising our will. And it's no different when you're an adult. Let me show you something. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of divination and presumption is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Now that's actually Samuel the prophet talking to Saul. But what you need to understand is the principle is the same for all of us. Rebelliousness against God is as the sin of divination or witchcraft. Who's the origin of witchcraft? Who do you want to partner with? Not him. Not it. Not that thing. Right? We want to partner with God, don't we? Hello? Presumption is as iniquity and idolatry. Can we just, when we come in prayer and worship, we're coming before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We can't presume 
I, I don't want to ever presume or be too casual in the presence of God. Hello? He's holy, man. Wow. Hello? All right. Mind, will and emotions. Next time I want to speak about our spirit. Is that cool? Emotions are like this. We don't feel like it. I don't feel like doing this. Emotions might be, I'm confused. I don't understand. Or, I'm just not feeling it. Hello? Sometimes you just got to take God at face value at his word. If he said this, then take it all the way to the bank. Cash that check in. Whether you feel like going or not. If he said he's, he came and died for your sins so that you, you are holy just as he is holy, take it all the way to the bank. You may not feel it just yet. You may have a, have a habitual sin that's still bugging you in your life that you may not have victory over yet, but don't worry because Jesus has already won. Come on. All right? And so you just pick that thing up and you say, Jesus, take it. I don't need it anymore. I don't want it anymore. I, that is crucified. That was crucified to the old mat. And now today, the Bible says that every morning his mercies are new. Every morning his mercies are new. Emotions are, are so powerful. And I, and I think, I think it's, look, in the Western world, it could be the number one sin in people's lives. Where their emotions are not submitted to the word of God. Our emotions are not always sustainable. Why? Because our emotions change. How much sleep we had last night? Did we eat too much? Did we, you know, work, have we had a tired, are we tired from a big week? All of that, right? Well, sometimes you're just going to make the decision and stick to it. Hello? Sometimes our emotions lie to us. And sometimes our emotions say, God won't like me because I'm no good. Friends, he loves you. He loves you so much. Come as you are. Let him do the work. Let him be who he is. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 says, Don't be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts. How, where, do, where do we often feel emotion? In our heart. In the peace of God, as we make our requests known, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What a powerful scripture. What was that verse, uh, Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Proverbs 29, 11 says, A fool gives vent, uh, sorry, a, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Anybody, anybody love venting? The other day, there was a certain group of people on the road, I'm sure. And my goodness, I had to open the window and vent. <laughs> you know, what is the word vent? It's like a pressure cooker, right? Remember the old pressure cookers if you're old enough and they'd start with it, they sound like a train. 
Mum used to always cook with them. And Oh, my gosh. Anyway, I'm, I'm way over time. Okay. If you vent too much, stop. Thus says the Lord. No, it says, but a wise man quietly holds it back. A wise man quietly holds it back. Just shh. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And often, more often than not, we overshare, say something we shouldn't. And the Bible says that our words have the power of life and death. Proverbs, Proverbs 15, 18. A hot-tempered man, or woman for that matter, stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. Let that be said. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries. Do you know what rivalries is? It's just being against people for the sake of it. Because they might look different, speak different, smell different, say different things. It's just like, I'm better than you. That's what it is all the time. My Bible says, walk humbly... Do justly. Right? Rivalries is a, is a thing we've got to watch. Because in the Western world, it's up, 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 up. Climb that ladder. And if I'm climbing that ladder, then somebody's being put down, right? Rivalries. Dissensions and divisions. All right? So Galatians. Walk by the Spirit. And it gives a list of things that come up out of our flesh that we need to deal with. All right? So next time I'm going to be speaking about our spirit and that often with our own heart and with our own, uh, our own spirit man that's been made alive in Christ, sometimes we can resist the Lord because of the human spirit. I'm going to be talking and teaching about that. Now, I've presented a lot of scripture and a lot of understanding around how these barriers hold us back from encounters with God. Now it's up to us to put some work in. What's God calling you to do? What's your response to the word today? There can be instructions that I can say, look, spend more time in the word, spend more time in prayer, you know, come with expectant hearts in worship. But friends, what I want to invite you into is an encounter with the Holy Spirit, that you would hear his voice, that you would understand his word, and that it would be applied to take effect for the rest of your life. Not just for a few days, for the rest of your life. Can I invite you to stand? <clears throat> I understand that people may have plans for the rest of the day and I just want to be sensitive to that. And so right now I just want to invite you, just, you might want to just open your hands you might want to lift them high. You might want to just be in that state, in that place of hunger. Friends, we've been talking about barriers that stop us from encountering the Lord more. And I want to say it starts in that place of hunger.
It starts in that place of hunger. Would you just say, Holy Spirit, help my hunger. It's a bit of a courageous prayer. Holy Spirit, help my hunger. Jesus is above every other name. The name of Jesus is above every barrier. And so right now, that name of Jesus, I command to break down every barrier in my life. Spirit, just breathe right now. Breathe right now. Barriers just melting right now. It's just escape this. I just sense the Holy Spirit just, his goal is wholeness. Wholeness to be like him. Wholeness and holiness. And I just hear that the Holy Spirit is, is he's just saying, hey, Secret sin ain't a secret. Even secret sin was nailed to the cross. Even secret sin that's actually creating a stronghold stronghold and a foothold for the enemy. Jesus is just wanting to do deal with that right now. And it's just between you and him right now. Just say, just say to Jesus, I give this to you now. I don't want it anymore. Secret sin just eats away at who we are and 
looks like many different things. But I just get a sense of the Holy Spirit is just highlighting this to a few people. Jesus, forgive us. Forgive us of, of things we've tried to hide, Lord. Help us understand and realise that we're hidden in you. So Jesus, right now, we just give that to you. We give that to you. Soften our hearts, Lord. We would receive the fullness of who you are, God. This holy moment, Lord. Forgive us, Jesus. Remove every barrier. And now we command every demonic entity to leave in Jesus' name. Everything that is plagued, held back, in the name of Jesus and you will go in the name of Jesus and now Holy Spirit right now we rejoice in your goodness and that you have provided a path a way to you and so fill us afresh these temples of the Holy Spirit in Templestone Jesus, we thank you for who you are and for who you are shaping us to be in Jesus' name. Are we all said? Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org, and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details, and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We all need some good news, and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more 
how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit battinghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.